What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth Podcast. It's, uh, uh, I got some good news. Let's start with good news. Everyone likes good news. Me and Dave Smith are hitting the road. It's the Reviving the Dream Tour. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, we're going to be in Boston. Uh, I got a date with, uh, Mike Lemmy in New Haven. Then me and, uh, Davey Smith are doing Philadelphia. All these dates are going to be in the show notes because I didn't look them up, so I don't know them off the top of my head. I don't know the venue names, but the coolest one is Steamboat. I'm going to be skiing for three days, Valentine's Day, the 14th and the 15th. I'm going to link those uh, dates into the show description. I already had a bunch of people hit me up, asked me if I would bang their wives and ski with them. So there's only a couple more spots left for the wife banging. I'm packing the blue chew, but I can only go through so many, you know, so many wives and so many days. But there's still plenty of room to ski with me. I think like seven or eight people hit me up. But seriously, hit me up. I'm going to, we'll ski in the afternoons, do some shows at night, get fucking hammered. Probably won't smoke weed on the mountain because I'll have shows to do. But whatever day I'm not doing shows at night, I'll smoke weed on the mountain, hit some greens. And then whatever. So point is, show description, hit me up, come hang out. Uh, sorry there was no show last week. We, uh, fucking tech issues, dude. We had a tech, we had, we had a, I had a studio issue last week. I was going to record and then I left my, my MP3 player thing at home. And then, uh, me and Harrington, we did a full episode the other night and somehow half the audio ended up doubling back over each other. Uh, so I sliced up, we had a really funny conversation about, um, Harvey Weinstein, um, and I complained about doing laundry for 20 minutes. That's going to be at the end of this episode. Uh, and then I also had a really fun call with Brad from Circle CPA who gave us some free tax tips. Uh, so that's going to be later in the episode, but before we get into that, I want to give you guys the rundown on a couple, uh, news stories from the last two weeks that I want to highlight that I found to be interesting. But before I do that, let me just tell you, I, I, we'll see if I survive this whole episode because... I live out in Astoria, and I park my car on these kind of, I would say about like probably 15, 20-minute walk from my apartment is it goes from residential to like these creepy industrial buildings, and it's the easiest place to find parking because there aren't really people that live down here. Um, And at the moment, I'm parked outside what looks like the shadiest garage lot, maybe auto mechanic place you've ever seen. It's like right out of GTA, what would have been the headquarters chop shop kind of thing. It's basically just steel doors. There's one steel door that's open in the middle with like those long meat locker, uh, like things you can't really quite see inside of them. On the outside, there's a propane tank. This guy keeps kind of walking outside, pacing around with the cell phone, walking back inside. Looks like he's waiting for a drug deal. I don't know, but I'm literally parked right outside of there with a microphone in my hand, <laughs> headphones on, and an audio recorder, it looks like I'm trying to, like, be an FBI informant with equipment from the 1980s or something. So, I don't know. This is a life in New York City. You, By the way, you, like, you go start your own podcast and see how long till you're talking about eating cookies and don't have any hair. All right? You, you, you go do that, and then you can make fun of me for wearing shirts with, uh, well, fuck, that guy walked right next to the car. That spooked the fuck out of me. Oh, dude, that cat came right out of my peripheral, and now he's walking into the building. And he had, uh, he walked in with some urgency. He walked in with a hood over his head. That guy, I'm gonna lock the door. I'm gonna lock the car doors. There you go. Hopefully, and I got my keys in. These people come after me. I'll start up the car. I'll gun it. I don't care how many of these people I got them over. I'm gonna take back that comment. So if at some point in time this gets listened back to as evidence, I was here peacefully, just trying to broadcast from my car the Peace and Prosperity Report. There's another guy walking in back of my car. You know what? 
No, we're broadcasting from a car. This is fucking nerve-wracking, and he's walking into the creepy building as well. And then they're going to come out here and be like, hey, man, what was on that recorder? And it's going to be all talk about the creepy building. I should really move my car. All right, you know what? We're going to get through this podcast together. No more talk about the creepy building. I'm going to just look at the other side of the street. Maybe I'll take a picture of this to post as the uh, the little uh, picture for the, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I put that one picture up on every episode. This will be the picture. Anyways, so we were going to get into the news, and then I got distracted talking about the creepy building. Uh, first thing to talk about is all the impeachment talk, which is fucking boring Boo! I'm over it. Here's why it's so boring. It's a political process. You got enough people that, like, you know, in the opposing party that don't like the president and they control the House and they control the Senate. They can uproot the guy. If they don't have that, they don't have the majority of the country on the side, and so, like, they think that they're going to get in trouble uh, and lose their local areas because they unseated a president without just cause, they won't go for it. It's like a, it's just like a political math numbers game. If there's enough support where people think that they can get rid of the president and they have a good reason to do so, they'll unseat the guy. This whole thing has been a fucking charade. What he did was not flagrant enough to impeach him. It's just like, it's not... I, I get that it wasn't cool. It was probably some quid pro quo looking into Biden, but he was slick with his language, dude. He was so slick. He didn't talk about, hey, I want you to look after this other guy who I might be having to run against. He went, hey, I, I think there's corruption here. Let's look into corruption. It's reasonable for governments to look into corruption. Anyways, the whole bribery, the whole thing, it's shenanigans. So Congress, they keep going through with this whole thing. They're making a whole charade. They're pulling in professors who and people that didn't even witness the event. They're just trying to turn it into a television spectacle. After two years of talking about Russia collusion that turned out not to be true, now they want to talk about how quid pro quo and bribery. They just want to keep Trump in the news for as long as possible with whatever negative storyline that they could put up there so that more and more people, hopefully with their propaganda machine, will realize, hey, Trump's bad and the whole thing's not even working. And the stupidity of it all was that it was always just going to go to the Senate and be thrown out. So this whole thing, it, 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 it's dumb to follow. I know the ending to the story. If it turns out that, like, I don't know, they managed to flip a couple Republican senators and the whole system actually manages to turn on him and he gets unseated, believe me, looking backwards to try and review all the little pieces of the chess puzzle that lined up perfectly, that they were actually able to impeach the guy over not that flagrant of offense. You would think about all the shit that you'd probably be able to impeach Trump for. It would be of a bigger magnitude than talking to the Ukrainians about some quid pro quo and investigating Biden. It's just not like that. I don't know. It's not that terrific. But believe me, if he manages to get impeached, I will go, holy shit, that is fascinating. They managed to somehow win this game, and I'll review all the elements. Who, What senators got flipped? What was the incentives? Like, how did the CIA and how they worked with, with Schiff and how they managed to get a whistleblower and all the little different pieces of the elements, but none of it's going to play out. None of it's going to play out. That's all it is. This is a bullshit show for television and media so that all like so that y your home viewers who aren't really following anything just continue to think Trump collusion, tr Trump, uh, Trump bad guy. And firstly, none of it's going to work because all the country that likes Trump doesn't pay attention to any of their propaganda anyways. And all the people that are on uh, their side, I don't know. I don't know that they really need this whole show. They're not going to like him or vote for him anyways. Uh, so to me, this whole thing is boring and uh, hopefully it will conclude quickly so that we can get the media talking about some real stuff because frankly, I'm sick of all the bullshit. Speaking of bullshit stories, 
that kid who got into that little uh, incident with the uh, with the Indian that they're reporting on CNN because uh, remember they wanted to highlight a story around a false narrative that they shouldn't even have. Uh, and then sadly, they can't control media in the same way that they could uh, in you know in the past because other people are around. They got the camcorders, and so if someone else had other footage they put it out and then we instantly realized oh wow cnn really bullshitted on this one if you don't remember what i'm talking about it was the um i think it was a high school kid and the indian got right up in his face the kid was wearing the maga hat and they tried to play it up like um look at all the we told you there was all these racists all over the country and look they're going to washington and like look at uh look at these racist kids that support trump whole thing turned out to be a whole bunch of bullshit kid ends up getting paid uh i think they're saying 250 million dollars which uh you know, God bless that kid. I hope he uses it and starts like a media watchdog. Or uh, actually, when we did this episode the first time, Harrington had a funny joke. I'll give him. A, I'll give him a shout out here. I'll tell you his joke. It won't be as good. It won't be as natural. It won't be as fluid. But you know what? Sometimes uh, the recording gets fucked up. What can I tell you guys? So he was saying it would be really funny if that kid spent all two hundred and fifty million dollars buying up Indian land, <laughs> which would be pretty great. Uh, and. As it is with the whole Indian thing, it's not like they ever really even apologized or admitted fault. They just get to move on. Same as what they did with the Russia collusion thing. And I want to say, here's my impression of the way the media handles a story. So they'll have some story. It'll be like, man rapes child in the park. And then you'll just hear uproar on all the stations. Have you heard about this ass rape victim in the park? They'll be like, dude was brutally ass raped in the park. People will be on the media being like, are parks even safe anymore? Another guy's like, whatever happens to letting your kid play in the park? Then the mayor's on TV. We're going to restore our parks. Councilman's on TV. He's like, I blame the mayor. The mayor's at fault. The mayor's the reason why the country, the whole city's going to shit and people feel comfortable raping other people in the park. Then they're going to create a new head of park. It'll be like a park czar. They'll push thousand-page documents on what should and shouldn't be done about our parks. They're going to start running an investigation, oversight of park culture. And then at some point it's going to come out. There never was a rape in the park. The town doesn't even have a park. And guess what? That that's that was what the Russia collusion story was. That's what this uh, whole uh, quid pro quo is. That's what it is every time. They just make the shit up. Everyone yells, "Hey, that's bullshit! That's bullshit! That's bullshit!" And then the entire conversation is just focused around nonsense. And so I want to highlight to you some of the big news stories that aren't really being covered. Because uh, just like what happened with the, uh, it's not the way to pronounce his name, but I'm too obsessed with sandwiches to pronounce it any other way, the Kasahogi guy. Uh, people like getting outraged. They like watching the news and feeling like superior and they want change. And so the conversation about what needs to be fixed in this country largely does revolve around the way the media will highlight and report on things. So, for example, Saudi Arabia does is doing all sorts of terrible shit. I don't even know all the details on all the terrible shit they're doing. I don't know what's going on in Yemen. It seems pretty terrible. But let me tell you, every time I turn on the news, I don't see the starving kids in Yemen. I don't hear the story about the moral outrage of what's going on in Yemen, that there's a famine and that, you know, I, I don't even know how many people are dying. That's the point. I don't know all the details about it because it doesn't really get any coverage. But then one guy in the media gets murdered and the media goes nuts. They keep going, how, how how can Saudi Arabia do this? The moral outrage and everyone gets behind the media as if this is the worst thing that Saudi Arabia has done. And because everyone actually gets upset about it, uh, there is some pressure put on Saudi Arabia. And then, by the way, the moral of that story was they just kind of pointed and went, oh, he did it. And I think some random guy got murdered for uh, having not killed Kasahogi. But the point is, if the media were 
were to actually report on real problems, uh, I think we would actually have actual conversations about things that need to be fixed in this country as opposed to media um, gets on the news and they report bullshit and then people like me stand on the sidelines and go, hey, that's bullshit. And then guess what? The entire conversation is about bullshit. It never gets reframed. So here's some of the large stories that you might have missed over the last two weeks that um, are significantly more worth exploring than the fact that Trump won't be impeached. The fact that there never was Russia collusion, two years of that coverage, and then impeachment coverage for a year. So here's some of the things that you're not really hearing about in the news, which are actually really interesting and big stories. Um, The relationship between Boeing and the government, that there are planes now falling out of the sky, the CEO walked away with $60 million payout, and... um, You know, for all the talk about, hey, we need more government regulation. It's always, we need more government regulation. Well, here you have the government regulators were basically working alongside the company. Um, They gave approval on these planes. There was some sort of a software problem. Uh, Planes fell out of the sky. Uh, People died. And uh, I don't think it was that there wasn't enough regulation of Boeing. I think it's that Boeing is basically a branch of the government that every time Trump goes to some foreign country, he comes back and he's like, oh, uh, look at this business deal we put together. And you look into it and it's mostly that... uh, he managed to sell military equipment. Uh, all right, so that's one interesting story. Here's another one. Flint, Michigan officials to be prosecuted. Now, in my opinion, those people should just be hanged. I mean, is there anything worse? Like, and it should have been done swiftly. Is there anything worse than telling people the water's safe when you know full well that you switched it to a bad water source and uh, it can- includes harmful chemicals, and then you just keep telling people, well, no, 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 we're the government. You can rely on us. That's why you have the government for safe drinking water, for working roads, and you're poisoning people. You're poisoning people and then using organizations like the EPA to tell them that they're safe and they're fine. Um, Of course these people should be prosecuted. Not only should they be prosecuted, it should be done swiftly and it should be done in the most public public fashion of possible to really make a showing an example out of... That, to me, is the worst crime. When government says, hey, we can handle this, and um, not, they can't. I mean, that, firstly, that's always the problem with government, is that they're claiming that they are our friends, that they're offering us a service. It's just sales for power and control. We all know this, but this is one of the best examples that ever happened in our entire lifetime, was this this government organization, these people that are here with all these rich services that are going to enrich our lives, that if it wasn't for them, we'd be up Shit's Creek, uh, was giving poor people uh, water with poison in it while telling them that it was completely safe and fine to drink. Um, that is something that should get like nonstop coverage until these people are publicly hanged. Speaking of other people that should be hub- publicly hanged, the Supreme Court is hearing Bridgegate arguments. Once again, I hate that these things take, what, like five, six years before you finally, like no one gives a shit anymore. Let me tell you, I sat in that fucking traffic jam. I sat in that traffic jam. I had to pee for three straight hours wondering what the hell is going on here. If you don't remember Bridgegate, uh, what happened was uh, Chris Christie wanted to get back at, I don't even remember who it was, the mayor or uh, whoever the hell was uh, like by Fort uh, Fort Washington, whatever the hell that town is that's right over the GWB. He decided fake maintenance or I, I don't, you know, I really should have looked up the details on this one. But basically, he shut down the George Washington Bridge, cre- created this massive, massive traffic jam that I sat while having to pee. It was outrageous. I've never been angry in a car in my entire life. And uh, I believe some people died because they weren't able to get the emergency services like ambulances that they needed uh, in order to get the hospital because of the traffic jam. To paint the picture of this traffic jam, it was so bad that once I finally got into Manhattan... 
there were so many cars trying to leave Manhattan. It was like every single um, box was blocked. What I mean by box is basically like they say, don't block, don't block the box. Um, like if you're making a turn and you know, even if it's a green light, you don't go into the middle of the road so that uh, the traffic coming the other way is blocked. So all of Upper Manhattan was blocked because there were so many cars trying to go north to Jersey that they blocked every single turn to try and get down south. It was infuriating. Man, I I messed up that word, and I'm not going back to edit it. So you know what? Uh, Email me the proper enunciation of that word that I was trying to say. Uh, But here, this argument is incredible. You got to hear the argument for why the people involved in Bridgegate should not have to um, be held responsible for the crime of shutting down traffic to uh, support Chris Christie and create harm for a political opponent. So the Supreme Court heard arguments in the New Jersey Bridgegate case on Tuesday, and at least six of the nine justices expressed skepticism over the over whether the George Washington Bridge traffic jam orchestrated by then-Governor Chris Christie's aides amounted to a federal crime. I don't see how this case works, said Justice Stephen um, Breyer. Chief Justice, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts asked Justice Department lawyer Eric Frayne how Bridgegate, okay, that was all information you didn't really need to hear. Here's the interesting line. Could be seen as a violation of federal law against taking public resources for public use, noting that throughout the traffic snarl, or snarl up, the lanes of the expressway were still being used for public purposes. You hear that? So while I was sitting in traffic for three plus hours needing to pee, that was still public usage. That's what the roads were intended for, so that you could sit in traffic, so that you, you can't get to the hospital when you have to get there, so that people who needed to... You work all day in fucking Manhattan, you want to be able to get home to Jersey. That's a miserable fucking commute home, but when you got to sit in four hours of traffic and you can't move, that that's that's what the roads were intended for. That's, that's government usage of the road. That's exactly what the road was intended for, was for if... Uh, they want to shut down a highway for no other reason than, you know, pissing each other off. Uh, th- that's fine. Uh, fucking infuriating. All right, here's another great news story that you probably, I bet you didn't even know that this happened. The Pentagon failed an audit. Now, here's what's great about the Pentagon failing an audit, an audit is that we give them $738 billion a year. And we're not talking about reducing the Pentagon spending. We're talking about that the Pentagon lies about what it spends in order to spend more than the $738 billion or to at least be able to annually push up the budget by going, hey, we used up all the funds that you gave us. We clearly need more funds in order for the country to be safe. And so they failed the, the, audit, the audit. Now, here is how audacious... I don't know if that's the proper usage of that word either. I wanted to say, here's the audacity of those individuals. Let's just go with that. You know, re-edit this in your head and let's pretend like I led into this sentence with, here's the audacity of the individuals at the Pentagon who responded in this article. You ready? The DOD's leaders and accountants have been, uh, this is uh, a description of the fraud. The DOD's leaders and accountants have been perpetuating, oh my god damn it, no more broadcasting from cars. The DOD's leaders and accountants have been perpetuating a gigantic unconstitutional accounting fraud, deliberately cooking the books to mislead the Congress and drive the DOD's budget ever higher, regardless of military necessity. So here was the response. We failed the audit, but we never expected to pass it. 
Isn't that great? I mean, look at the confidence of this guy. He goes, yeah, of course we failed it. Oh, okay. They knew they were going to fail it. And then here, this is also great. It's also said the department closed more than 550 of the issues raised in the previous audit, which was 23% of the findings. That is terrible. Well, we fixed 23% of it, which was 550 problems. You guys do the math. How many total problems does that mean that there were? And that's also a government audit on these people telling you what the problem was. Unbelievable. Okay, and then you want to hear one more news story that I still don't fully understand? The Fed has, at this point, put $500 billion into the repo market. So, which, by the way, uh, government keeps, uh, I mean, Trump's been running, like, the largest government deficits, I think, ever of anybody. And I think uh, there already is problems even in financing the government's debt in terms of the Fed, I believe, you got to go look this up yourself has not been able to purchase any um, as much treasuries at, at, at a... Okay, I'm going to state this differently. The Fed has had to reduce its purchase of treasuries, which is clear that there's a liquidity problem in the market, and it's also clear to me that their interventions into the repo, which, by the way, is a bank bailout that nobody's talking about, um, is also a sign of the fact that there isn't enough dollar demand for them to continue to keep interest rates as low as they are. So massive systematic problems, major news stories that should be that, that the five news stories I just highlighted for you should be all that you're hearing about on CNN. They're all interesting. They could all have incredible coverage. Let's hear the experts on these news stories. And these are the things that like they're buried underneath uh, Russia collusion and uh, whether or not Trump needs to be impeached, which is all bullshit. Okay, so that was a fun little rant about some uh, news stories that I found interesting. Now we're going to talk to Brad from Circle CPA, who has some really incredible tax tips for us on uh, how you can save some of your own money on uh, taxes. And then after that, I've got um, a conversation with Harrington about Harvey Weinstein and uh, some talk about the um, horrors of trying to get your laundry done in New York City. It's just really me complaining a bunch. You don't have to listen to that part, but I'm not even listening back to it. I'm just putting it out as is, as I'm going to do with this. I don't know. Okay, bye. Red and white. Blue suede shoes. I'm Uncle Sam. How do you do? Give me five. coming up this is when we all get royally fucked in the ass 
We actually sit down, we look at our numbers, we realize how screwed we truly are. And uh, that's why we're happy to have joining us Brad from uh, Circle CPA, who's a uh, fantastic accountant. And I brought him on because, uh, well, I'm not going to, you know, we're going to get some free tax tips. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. No problem. So first is, I know this is kind of like you're really fighting the libertarian fight because you want to get out there and uh, help people, you know, keep a little bit more of their money. So, you know, tell us about your cause. Yeah, absolutely. So so basically, I just think that the income tax is like a giant scam, basically. Um, I think that, you know, like it's it's your money and you worked hard for it and you deserve to keep it. And there's a lot of things that the government does that are awful. You know, um, they're corrupt. There's so much waste and fraud. Um, our money goes towards empire building abroad, you know, killing tons of people. Um, and so I, I feel that it's basically a civic duty, um, you know, to pay less tax and to help others to pay less as well. So. I couldn't agree more. Harrington, do you mind uh, killing the mic out there? We're just, we're picking up a lot of typing and, and whatnot. So, uh, I'm sure when you first kind of sit down with clients and maybe you consult with them, um, I know that, uh, by the way, advertiser on part of the problem, which is uh, super cool to have you guys on that show. It's a great fit. And uh, I know how much of a nightmare, you know, getting your tax work done is. I'm lucky enough. I have a family account. And if it wasn't for that, man, I would I would not pay taxes until they arrest me. That's just that that's what would have happened. Uh, and not because I'm so cool where I'm like, hey, let's fight these people. It's just I'm that lazy and dumb when it comes to fines and stuff. I'm, I'm just not a disciplined human being. Um, but what are some of kind of like just the broad stroke, uh, you know, tips that you have for new clients in terms of how they can be keeping a little bit more of their money? Yeah, well, sure. Well, just kind of first, you know, talking about the whole I wouldn't pay you know, until they came and put me in cuffs. Um, people actually, this is kind of a giant misconception it is, is the probability that you would ever get audited by the IRS. So the 2019 numbers came out and you have a 0.45% chance of, of getting audited. Now, 40% of those are for the earned, earned income tax credit, which is like a low income inner city thing. So now you're down to 0.27 and people just make silly, you know, problems um, for themselves. Um, so basically you're looking at a one in 500 chance, one in the four or 500 chance. Um, and then even if they do catch you, most times they send you some letter where they're just wrong. And then other times you may have to pay a little bit more. Um, I think at, as far as jail time goes, there were 600 convictions last year out of 325 plus million people. Um, so it really pays if you do everything you can, do all the little tips and tricks in order to lower taxes. Um, so the first part is that there's hard numbers and there's soft numbers. By the way, just, so, to, pause, just to pause you for one second, because that little chunk of information was one of the most insightful things anyone said on the show. So in other words, unless you're kind of so flagrant with your taxes that you're actually being kind of caught within their software, it's pretty severe. It's pretty extremely unlikely like unless you're doing something super flagrant or I guess you're like a crazy high earner and making like massive deductions, the odds of them deciding to audit you are like slim to none. Very, very, very small. I mean, I mean I've been doing it 12 years now. I think five people have gotten letters and I think two people paid. Um, I think one guy paid a thousand, another guy paid four thousand. 
Got it. So and they're that's, not, and that's yeah. hundreds and hundreds. Got it. Okay. So th- that's pretty promising. And then I, I interrupted you, but um, you were basically saying that there are hard numbers and soft numbers. Right. Yeah. So the hard numbers is when you get a copy or a statement and then the IRS, they get their own copy. So think of W2, 1099, dividends, capital gains, student loan interest, something like that. So those numbers you have to match to the dollar because the IRS knows exactly how much. Now, soft numbers, this would be if you mowed someone's lawn and you got 20 bucks for it. So technically, technically, the IRS would say, hey, go on that $20, add $20 to your income, but no one does, right? So soft numbers, you have the choice of whether or not to report it or not, because the IRS doesn't have any clue that that, that transaction even, even happened. So with you should definitely use soft numbers for your own purposes, basically. So you can round up, you can round down. So, so it's important though, that you don't make stuff up. Don't just, you know, create something out of thin air, but you can definitely round up, round down, kind of, you know, use it to your own advantage. So there are a few easy things, kind of simpler things. Now there are a bunch of different things and depending on your income, um, where you live, kind of things like that, you know, certain ones are going to work for you, whereas others you don't want to do or you can't do something like that. Um, but kind of like some universal things. So um, if you can save up, you know, definitely go into your and contribute to your 401k, your 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 IRA, uh, a, a, a health savings account. If you don't make a lot of money, go to your Roth IRA, because as soon as you put that money in, there won't be any tax on that forever. Um, and one other thing that is that you can, if you, if you own stocks and, uh, if you are single and you make less than 52,000, or if you're married fighting jointly and you make less than 104, then you can actually get a part of the 0% long-term capital gains tax. So basically is you can sell those stocks, buy them again, the, the following day and the gain on those stocks, you'll get taxed at 0%. So basically you just take your cost basis and you, and you, and you can ratchet that up one step on like the ladder. So your future gains are, will be less. And, and so you can do that every year plus one day. Um, and you can, and that'll all be taxed at 0%. Um, so by the way, when it comes to Roth IRAs, if you're a W9 employee, can you put to- can you put pre-tax dollars into a Roth IRA, or do you have to put post-tax dollars into a Roth IRA? So a Roth is post-tax, so right. you don't get any any so you don't get any tax benefit in the current year. But as soon as you put that money in, your all your earnings and your principal once you take it out will not be taxed at all. Now I got a crazy question for you on that. Do you think people run any sort of a tax risk um, in that? Uh, they might just change the law on you come retirement. Because basically, if you're in a Roth IRA, the idea is it's tax-free. Now, the reason it's tax-free is because they want to incentivize us all to be in the stock market. They're kind of in that racket, and so they want us investing. I think that, to me, is why 401ks and Roth IRAs exist is because, I mean, they'll tell you, hey, listen, we want to incentivize you to kind of plan for your own retirement. And so in doing so, we'll allow you to you know accumulate this money tax-free. Um, but do you think there's any sort of like 
systematic risk that they might just change the rules on you. And, it, you know, if you're like, it, it's kind of like I, almost leaving money with the government for 50 years because I can't spend it and I don't have access to it or I get taxed. There's the penalties for taking it out. Do you think in using any of those instruments, you run some sort of a risk where the government just realizes, oh, shit, we really don't have money to pay for anything. We're going to start taxing these Roth IRAs. I suppose that there is a small risk that that perhaps they would force you to invest in T-bills to where they would say, okay, you can have, you know, you can still maintain this account, but we're going to force you to invest in government bonds. Um, there is a small possibility of that. Um, I would say this would this is only going to be one piece in the pie as far as your savings and your investments. Um, I would definitely have have some assets outside of that system uh, to where if they were to take it over, which would be a massive, I mean, intrusion into people's choices and their liberty. Um, but there is, yeah, there is that very, very small chance. But this, but basically you should be so well diversified that, e- that e- even if, on the small chance that that was to occur, you could still be okay. And what kind of instruments exist if you're W9? Like, where are places that you could be trying to park your money so that you don't have to even pay taxes on it? Does does that exist? Is there like some sort of a a self-funded 401k? Or I know you mentioned the health savings account, which is not something I utilize, but that's basically you can put pre-tax dollars towards healthcare, which... Actually, if I'd done that last year, that would have really helped me out. So I'd love to hear as a W-9 employee, where are some places you might be able to park your cash so that, you know, you could be keeping more of it before you're paying them out their percentage? Mm, I would say that the, that the very best thing that you could do is to create your own business or like your own little sidekick, because then you could take a lot of of expenses against that income. So you wouldn't you you wouldn't pay tax um, on that on that income. So 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 say for example you made twenty grand doing some business. If you were able to find enough expenses for that twenty grand, um, you would basically not owe any income tax on that. So basically, investing yourself or to invest in your own small business. Um, there are there are technically you could get some um, city and local bonds, and the interest on those don't. Uh, you don't owe tax on the interest on those, um, but they, they pay two percent, three percent, and inflation is. But can you right put can you put pre-tax dollars into muni bonds? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh you can shit! Certainly, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So you can through your four hundred one k or your IRA, you can buy uh, you know funds, stock funds, bond funds, um, and the state and local bonds um, would be would be part of that. So you can get mutual funds with those bonds. Mm-hmm. Wait, just to make sure I understand you correctly, because I, I don't know if I asked my question correctly. Let's just say theoretically, as a W-9 employee, I made a hundred grand one year, right? And let's just say I had zero expense. Let's just, total theoretical, I made a hundred grand. I didn't spend $1 of it. Could I spend that a hundred K on muni bonds and then not have to pay like, you know, taxes to the government because I'm buying the muni bonds with it? Or would I have to pay? Oh. That's what I was asking. Or would I have to pay fifty oh, no. grand to the government, and then I could buy the muni bonds, which pay a dividend? You know, pay the percentage, which is tax free. So, so if you you have to pay regular income tax on that, and then yeah. with your own with your own money, then you could buy buy those bonds. But but you could uh, 
contribute to an IRA or, or, or a 401k and get a tax benefit for that and use that money. Uh, I think that, I think the IRA contribution this year is uh, 60 or 6,000. Um, and so then you can use that 6,000 and then you can buy the, the immunity bonds with that. Yeah. And in your professional opinion, how aggressive do you think people who I guess are owning their own businesses can be when it comes to expenses. And uh, I guess to make it more personal to myself, I, I don't feel like I do a whole lot outside of work. Um, I would say most of my money comes from freelance sales. Uh, and then all of my time and money goes into kind of self-funding my comedy projects. Uh, but to me, the two do somewhat work in tandem. And I feel like if I kept better records and was uh, a little bit better at being disciplined and organized there. I, I mean, legitimately there are very few expenses in my life that aren't somehow related to, you know, doing, but now or first I'll let you answer that question. And then I got a second one. So I'll stop there. I'll give you yeah. a chance. Yeah. So people who, people who have a 1099 as opposed to a W2 people who have a 1099, they, you can really go for it. And so anything that is even tangentially related to your business, you should be taking that as a write-off. Um, and so with your with your it, with your present 1099, basically you want to round up, get everything that could even be possibly considered a business, um, and say that there was a business personal split. So say for your for your cell phone, you know, obviously you use your cell phone for your personal stuff, and then you also use it for business. Take it all for your for for the business. Um, like you're in, so you definitely want to be aggressive when it comes to writing off 1099 income, because you're also hit with the self-employment tax as well. Yeah. So you have income plus self-employment tax where you can get absolutely creamed. Yeah. And so you, and so you really, really want to go for it. Now, there is something that I like to propose to people. This is great for, uh, stay at home spouse, but really anyone can also do it too. Like any, any single person, whatever is that you need to basically create a business out of your own lifestyle. So think if you're really into clothing, food, if you travel a lot, turn that into an actual business and you could write off what were previously personal expenses. Now those become business expenses. So for example, if you became a food critic, all of your sandwiches aren't meals, they're supplies. Oh, so let me ask you this. I actually, I created a DBA and I just called it Rob's creative. Cause I figured that that could be as wide of an envelope as possible. But what you're saying is some of my eating expenses, if I talk about it on the podcast is now fodder for the podcast and a part of my business model, which is monetizing my podcast. Okay. So, so, so that, that can work even better is if you create, so the IRS knows that people um, kind of like to turn their hobbies or they try to write off their hobbies. And right. so if it's a, so if it's a sole proprietorship and it, it just goes on your, on your individual tax return, or if it's even in LLC, it, it, it's a little kind of amateur, but you can, but you can make it kind of bulletproof if you actually created a corporation and then you can become an S corporation and then you can take, all you know a lot of previously personal things and you can then make them business costs and so basically you could get an instagram account you could get a website or like a blog and if you start posting to there because how many how many girls are there on instagram that are making money off of trivial things 
right? right? The whole Instagram influencers and all that. And so basically that's what you would become, but for your own interests. And so all your costs would then go into that business. And the IRS, if you have a loss in your S Corp, because of that structure, it just seems a lot more professional and a lot more legit. And so you can run losses on that for several years. So it actually do. So in other words, I have a decent model with the DBA, but instead of the DBA, I should actually create a corp and make sure that the corp is really related to the comedy career. And then I can just, I, I mean, I've been really good at losing money at comedy for years now. I've been losing money at this for 10 years, so I can just keep losing money at it for another 10, self-fund my losses with the sales, and then boom, eat all the fucking same. I could be taking out uh, Harrington to the diner every week and not, re- not being all nervous about that we don't have money for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen people do this where they've got 30 grand of uh, losses and, and now you're talking in like a high marginal tax rate. You're talking, that's a savings of uh, 10 grand a year. Wow. Should we not have put this out on the podcast? Should this have been uh, (laughs) (laughs) free advice for everybody? We're helping the masses here. Yeah. Well, well, I kind of, I kind of thought about that, but as long as you're genuinely trying to make, to make money from it, I mean, Amazon went a decade and they had losses every single year. And right. now they're a massive, massive, massive right. company. So as long as you yeah, are I believe genuinely it. I believe in myself. Money. Yeah, I believe if I stick at this comedy career, the government should be investing in me as well. Like, and also, it's a lot easier to pay out $5 million in taxes when you're making $10 million than it is to pay out thirty grand in taxes when you're making sixty. So, you know, I'm partnering with the government here. I'm trying to keep more of my money so that I can grow the model and really become the sandwich expert that the world needs and deserves. Absolutely. Take a picture of that of that sandwich, post it to your Instagram account. That's a business expense. There you go. All right. Well, we're going to have to continue the some of the specifics off air, but I'm going to figure out a way to become the sandwich king of America. That might even be what I call myself. And then I just got to really take meticulous records of every sandwich that I'm eating. Let the world know. Let them know my rankings. Let them know exactly why I like those sandwiches. I'll figure out some of the particulars, but I've already done a pretty good job of sandwich broadcasting. So I just got to make it official. Oh yeah. No. And, and for the S corp that you make, don't have zero revenue. Even if you're, even if your uncle has to sponsor you, you want to show a little bit of, of income and have that income gradually rise over time. Bulletproof at that point. Right. Well, let me ask you, okay, this also, I'm not going to ask you that one. Let's keep it a little bit uh, broader so that, uh, you know, people can get general education from this. And by the way, if you want these extra expert tax tips, circle CPA, you'll be working with Brad directly. He's so good at what he does. You don't have to pay him up front. You're going to end up paying him out of the savings once he, uh, once he helps you out and helps you live your dream. Maybe your dream is uh, it's not eating sandwiches. It's sitting in hot tubs. It's spa days. And so you're going to broadcast spa days, and Brad's going to help you spend more time pampering yourself at the spa. Uh, that's what Harrington likes to do. Um, now let me ask you this. That's already uh, You've already given me a good idea here in terms of uh, you know actually making it official, being a corporation. Uh, I do find that part of my problem even currently is um, it's hard to kind of, I guess, uh, keep a clean record. Like I always tell myself a couple months ago, I had to sit down. I had to like clean up the tax record for a while. It's hard to look back at expenses and go, okay, this time I I treated coworkers. This time it was just my meal. That day I was overeating and I ate three sandwiches myself. It's not that easy to do. What do you recommend for people? Like, is there software that you recommend or how do you recommend to people to just kind of like 
actively stay organized so that you really know like what's what and you don't just, you know, have a mess for yourself at the end of the year. Yeah. So there's probably two kind of main, main ways that you could go about doing that. So one is you have a separate business checking account. And so you can just look up, you know, prior bank statements and you can get all of your business related transactions. They'll all be right there. Um, and the second way, I'm just kind of a simpler retail way. Um, there are some, the, like, there's some software where you can kind of track your all of your tr- transactions. I think Mint is one of them. Um, Quicken is another. It's a little bit more like formal. Um, so, ba- so basically, I, either of those two ways. Very cool, Harrington. Before I let Brad go, do you have any uh, questions? Uh, you know, some like light tax t- tax tips. If you don't, you don't, you don't have to burden Brad. So, but you know, if he can somehow deduct not paying rent, I don't know how that works. But I, hypothetically, right? <laughs> if you somehow forgot to pay taxes or even file for the last two or so years, uh, it's nothing. Uh, what do I do? Head to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well what was your in- you probably had no income most of it was from uh booking and dealing drugs they don't have any record of that you're well, good uh you right, know they- yeah oh yeah yeah so if it if you're dealing with with mostly soft numbers um if the government doesn't have a record of you making more than the standard deduction uh about twelve thousand and change um for uh single so if they don't have that record then they're not expecting one now that being said you still may want to actually go through the process to see if you know do i do i need a file or do i not and and not just assume it so you're telling me if i make under 12 grand if i just stay under that number i never got to pay my taxes you should aspire for more but yes (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe have someone take a look at it uh because i have I have seen people where they actually do not need to file. And so I'll take a look at it and then I'll say, you actually don't need to file at all. You're fine. So definitely you know, take, have a second opinion on it. Um, but yeah, all right, Brad, generally, if you, you don't make this. enough. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brad's like, well, I'm trying, then, um, Brad's like, I'm looking for the lucrative clients. That's why I'm advertising on the libertarian podcast. He's not on the, uh, you know, the, the, the benches. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Oh, no, no, but, no. I mean, you know, just, I mean, but there's, there's so many small things, um, depending, you know, there is stuff for low income people and there's stuff like for high, you know, for high income people, the top 1%, 5% of the country have, have been using CPAs for a while. So basically the whole point of the business is to give everybody an opportunity to use everything available to them, um, in order like to, like to lower taxes, because a lot of times people just say good enough or this is fine. I don't want to really mess with it. I just want to kind of have it done and done, done and over with, but they're kind of missing out on real money that, that they could save. Um, and so there's a lot of other kind of small things, uh, but you know, some are small, some are big, but there's kind of something for, for, for everybody, no matter how much that you make. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for the free tips. I'm sure me and Harrington are going to come after you again for some more advice. Um, anything else you want to throw out there for uh, for the people? If not, I think you, you gave us some really good information. And uh, of course, they can actually hit you up, Circle CPA, and uh, become your clients. Well, yeah. Well, sure. I mean, I mean, people who do their own taxes, they're, um, they're five times more likely to make some sort of math or other, you know, er- error um, than a CPA. But no matter what, be aggressive, push the limit, and uh, keep your own money because you work hard for it, and it's your money. 
There you go. I love it. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I don't know. We'll be in touch down the road. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome podcast, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Later, dude. I'm here with Mike Harrington, who's dressed like he's representing the Puerto Rican fight team. Hell yeah. <laughs> Is this like a random outfit that you... Uh... This was a Secret Santa gift from Tanner. Okay. Um, and it's the only head-to-toe matching uh, sweatsuit that I have. And uh, I spent the whole day uh, just hanging out with the dog, so I figured I might as well dress for the job that I have. Okay, interesting. Uh, do Puerto Ricans do a lot of dog walking? Is that a thing, or they just hang out with their dogs? No, but what I are feel you trying like to say about the people of Puerto Rico. It's got nothing to do with Puerto Rico. It has everything to do with uh, just fashionable, uh, like sweatsuits. You know what I mean? Okay. So, like my my Puerto Rico hoodie matches my Puerto Rico pants. Uh, they're shitty uh, mitre or mitre, however you say those, and it's like that to me is like that's a uniform. You I'm know against I mean? the sweatpants movement. I know we've discussed it in the past. You've said that they're fashionable. You said that people will rock the gray ones so that they can show off their turtling, show off their big dicks. Yeah. Um it, I uh this is how anti sweatpants I am or how much I either respect or hate myself. You can interpret this the way you so please. I won't even wear sweatpants in my fucking apartment, dude. When I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do before I sit down to write is I put on my pants. I'm like, there's something about being in your pants and actually like being dressed that like I would not even sit. Also, a friend pointed this out to me a long time ago. Another friend who uh, deals with uh, kind of going up and down in weight. The biggest problem with wearing sweatpants or shorts a lot of the time is you don't realize when you're getting fat. That's fair. And I, I, I'll tell you, I even had that this morning, and it's in part because the jeans came. I was having a rough morning this morning. It was one of those days I really just you know didn't want to participate in the day's activities. And I was like, you know what? I haven't done this for a while. I'm going out. I'm getting myself a nice bagel and eggs for breakfast. I might either go oatmeal raisin cookie on the side, or I might go with a muffin. I'm doing it big. It's a lot. I don't feel good today. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this thing up with some carbs. I went to put on my pants, and I had I had to pull on them to get them up. And I'm like, you're not eating a muffin, buddy. Wow. No muffin for you. Okay. No muffin for you. So I got another coffee, and I, I got I got moving. It was a little slow going to to get there. But, you know, having to wear pants made me second guess that that muffin. I'm just like picturing how much you must hate yourself to be <laughs> sitting at home in pants. Like, that's crazy. I to wear me. pants at home. If I if, if it's, you know, now that I, I have a home again, it's the number one thing I look forward to is coming home, taking off my pants and lounging around in my boxers. Like, there's no there's no world in which hanging out in jeans is fucking comfortable. I'm wearing my pants when I'm sitting at home. Can I tell you, you know, it's uh, I remember uh, back in high school, I was a big uh, take my shirt off person. Like, the first thing I did when I got back to the dorm was take my shirt off. Okay. I was like, you know, power to the fat people. You don't just have to have a good body to be not wearing a shirt. Just fucking letting the gut hang as soon as you get around dudes. It was more titty city. It was more, okay. I, I'm not a big gut guy. I get I get tit heavy, which is the worst place to get heavy, but that's where the weight gets rough. packing. That's where it packs on. It's not the gut. It's not the ass. It's not the thighs. It goes right to these tatas. <laughs> There's ample room uh, to, 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 to grow in the mammaries up there. I did it all the way midway through college, and then at one point, like, and I was unapologetic about it. At some point, some roommate, he played the right card where he kind of pretended like he was attracted to it or he would overly stare. And he finally weirded me out to put it on shirts and I became a shirt guy. Either that or he really wanted to suck your dick. Maybe. I don't know what it was, but he weirded me out enough that uh, 
I started putting a shirt on. Mr. Harrington, I'm 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 going to complain a little bit. I'm having a rough week and uh the reason I'm having a rough week is I find I work enough that like I work a full-time job on top of which I do three podcasts a week on top of which I'm doing stand-up comedy on top of which I'm still working with Menu and on some projects that will be coming out in the near future. Cool. And I can tell you that amongst all those work projects I feel like I'm above errands. I feel like I work CO hours. I shouldn't have to cook my meals. I shouldn't have to do my laundry. I shouldn't have to do these laborious activities, but I don't have money to not be doing these things. I'm not getting paid CO dollars. I don't have someone, like, I can't be hiring a maid to clean up my apartment. So I feel like I should be entitled to be above these working man activities, but I'm not. I 100% have to do all these things, and I... As I'm trying to save a little bit more money, I'm actually like home cooking now as opposed to just eating sandwiches. I'm just trying to be a little bit more responsible with my income. And uh, I think sometimes people try and pretend like uh, being disciplined makes you uh, maybe like makes you feel better or whatever. I can tell you once at my old job, because I wasn't like exercising, I decided to go for a run one day before work and I showed up to work all excited. I was like, dude, I went for a full run before and I was so tired at my desk. That was, I just wanted to, Oh, like, yeah. No, you always come in like a house <laughs> on fire, and then you're dead by 10.30. By 10.30, you're just like, that was the worst mistake ever. Who are these people who are exercising before work and then getting through their work well, day? Those are the people who are used to it. So I'm sure if you had done that like the next day and the next day and the next day, it would have become routine, and you have a six-pack by now. Instead, you're fat and balding <laughs> and working here. <laughs> or maybe they go to bed at 8 p.m. It's like a different level of discipline. Like, Dude, did you ever read... So I read uh, Mark Wahlberg broke down like his weekly schedule. Schedule, and yeah. it's like 3.45 in the morning, wake up, like 4 a.m., prayer. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's at the gym. He goes to the gym, I think, three times during the day. And, like, uh, they his family has dinner at, like, 5.30 at night, like, spend time with the kids, get all the homework done. He's, like, lights out in the house by, like, 8.15. Yeah. It's crazy. My, I mean, Even my dad said that, like, sometimes you have these days where you really work your ass off. I mean, just beginning of the day to the end of the day, nothing but work. And I find when I have those days and you get in at 1 a.m., who just goes to bed? Who can just be like, my whole day start to finish was work, and I'm going to go to bed early so I can wake up again and do it. Like, that's when I end up eating cookies or just having myself a nice little whiskey. Like, who's got the discipline after a full day of nothing but work to be like, that's it, I'm going to sleep because I'm going to do it again tomorrow? Um, I don't know, people who've just resigned to misery. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there just is a certain thing where it's like, well... I got to pay for this house I live in uh, for, you know, six hours during the and, work And that's week. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I did uh, I did laundry. That's why I yeah. volunteered to become homeless, because I don't want to get stuck <laughs> in that fucking rat race. <laughs> you know, when you say it that way, it right? does kind of sound appealing. Fucking dude, I broke the shackles. <laughs> takes takes a little bit of the pressure off. Hey. All those little things that everyone's got to do. You're like, I'm a free man. Dude, Lewis pointed that out to me once. He's like, what do people go to work for? So they can have money, so they can have a house. Harrington has moved on. He doesn't need a house, <laughs> so he doesn't have to go to work. He's he's evolved. He's <laughs> uh, he's un unshackling himself. Yeah, dude. The rest of us were in the Matrix. Well, now you're back. You're back in the Matrix. Well. And you're happier for it. By, by back in the Matrix. 
tricks, though, it still is like I'm I'm still doing all like the grifter tricks. Like this week, I'm staying in Gramercy, right? Because I got like a, a job through Rover, and I'm just house sitting for like a week. And it's he, like, by the way, he's not supposed to be staying over. <laughs> he just figures they're on vacation. Their couch is much nicer than the uh, one room he's windowless room he's living in. So <laughs> fuck it. It, it, it. Like I hope they don't have a nanny cam. I'm not just gonna walk the dog. I'm sleeping here. <laughs> Floor to ceiling windows and a Tempur-Pedic bed. Fucking try to kick me out. They're in California. Have you ever had where, because uh, I definitely had this as a kid when you were babysitting for someone and they made the mistake of being like, oh, here's the snacks, help yourself. And like just cleaning out a closet. Like they didn't realize that, you know, you as an eighth grader were going to eat all the fruit roll-ups and the kid wouldn't have snacks for the rest of the week. So here's the thing. They met me beforehand, so they didn't make that mistake, but they did tell me where their weed drawer was, which is pretty sweet. That's pretty weird. It's not weird. I think it's like, yo, uh, uh, like, you know, it's not. Like, you know, all jokes aside, I am supposed to be staying there and like, you know, uh, like they want me to spend a lot of time. They're being cool. They're like, hey, we got make yourself at home. Yeah. Uh, Like, you know, this is our paraphernalia drawer. You know, it's like, don't take my weed. But if you want to use my rolling tray or some papers, go for it. That's pretty cool. So I did. uh, It's it it amazed me. Monday, Monday, I got off work and I was like, I got to take care of some errands. And I was like, I'm just going to take care of a whole shit ton of laundry. Get this done. I basically. I think laundry might be the errand I I hate the most. Oh, yeah. And I started finally just paying for laundry because I was doing this thing where I would just keep buying new clothes instead of doing it. And that's more expensive than It's way more expensive. Or here was another thing I had. Like, I'm okay with not being good at folding. It's not one of those skills where I'm like, shit, I'm not good at fold. Like, they're better at doing laundry than I am. And I've had where I've done all my clothes and then- like, you just wear increased clothes for three weeks because you're not good at folding shit. Well, but there's also, like, like how cost-effective is it to not? You know what I mean? Like, there is there is a certain, like, I did laundry myself the other day. I did, like, a load. If I had dropped it off with them just because of what their minimums are, it would have been, like, 12 bucks. For me to do it myself, it was still, like, 8 yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, like, for the, I think know. if I would paid them... Here, the honest truth is, in terms of, it's not, if I paid them for the two, like, I two, I had a month's worth of laundry. It was two giant, gar, uh, like, laundry bags. Sure. I'm going to assume if I paid them, it would have been 80 bucks, and me doing it myself probably cost about 25 So See, it, I don't think it would have been 80 No, I, I know from from doing it in the really? past, yeah, usually it's like, That's I'm a very eyeball. expensive place, then. No, I, we're talking really big laundry bags here. Yeah? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, that is the most annoying part about doing laundry. It's not even doing it as much as getting my laundry to the place is a pain in the ass because I always wait till there's more than I can carry at one time. And like just walking down three blocks with a giant laundry bag, it's more of a, it's not like that it's such an excruciating workout as much as it's just a giant pain in the ass. It's a fucking hassle. Yeah. Nobody wants to be hassled. Um, there's the other side of it though, too, which is like, this is the other reason I love this Rover app. Last three places that I've stayed because of this have in-unit washer oh, and dryer. Oh, so you did all your clothes. So I just take You abuse being in people's oh, houses. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. They do not want you using <laughs> their laundry machines. No, they do. They told me. They're like, yeah, fucking, you know, one of the perks of state, like, because they have to, they have to leave town. You know okay, what I mean? So yes. it's like somebody's gonna watch this fucking dog. So when they hit me up to propose it, they're like, "Oh, by the way, we have laundry." Like they yeah. led with laundry because they want to entice my services. It's a gig economy, baby. Fucking this goes both ways. The market is uh, market I get is it. fluid. They're like, we don't need to tip the guy. He washed all of his clothes here, dude. Yeah, please don't fucking tip me. I yeah. fucking I did the bare minimum and did all my laundry at he, your house. He smoked weed and did all of his laundry. <laughs> I love it. So I, I'm trying to like. 
in my head, just problem solve. And I realized the most annoying part about doing laundry is I want to be able to at least get it all done at once. I'm good if like, if I got to commit one night, like the entire night to doing an activity, but I can get it all done like once a month. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's like when I commit a whole night and it's not done, that's what annoys me. It's like, if I can complete the entire project, I'm okay with it. But like, I don't want to just do like, I don't want to just do one load of laundry and then still have laundry left. I want to be back. To, I want to be out of laundry debt. I want to be laundry no. neutral. No, that's see, like this is this is where you're obsessive and compulsive and like, you know, you're every, all the robbiness of you comes <laughs> out where it's like, yo, if you could stomach just going down, throwing a load into the washer, uh, coming back, like writing for an hour, running down, like doing the dry. It's like if you did that once a week. You would never have. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like that, like, but you wanted to get to a point where it's like, no, I feel like I accomplished something by well, doing no, this No, it's not that. It's also, I won't do, it's like having a deadline or having the final tomorrow. I won't actually go out and do the laundry until I'm three days out of underwear. This is why. It's like, it just, and every single time I finally get there and get all the laundry done, you go, all right, listen, quipping an asshole just at the end of the week, why don't you just take the one bag when it's manageable? And guess what? It just never happens. Robbie, that's, yeah. You could, Mm -hmm. right? And this is like, this is, I did this myself. A week ago, so I know it's yeah, yeah. possible. Just come in one day with a with a backpack that's like a load of clothes, run over to the laundry place that's literally a block away from here, make your phone calls for work. Like yeah. you could so, do okay. I agree with you. So along the lines of problem solving, okay. what I realized is the most annoying part is getting my laundry there. I was like, I have a car now. Once a week, I'll <laughs> no. drive to work. Oh. I was like, I'd rather find a better laundromat that has parking, even if I have to go 15, 20 minutes into Queens, I'd rather be able to drive there, get it all done at once, and then I can go back to my apartment, drop it off, and go park my car. I was like, that seems to me, in my head, to be a more manageable process here. See, what seems the most manageable to me yeah. is drive your car into work, Right, find a parking spot somewhere around here, yeah, and just do your laundry I can't from do your laundry. car. I, 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 when I'm at work, I gotta work. That's like I can't. I don't multitask like that. That, like that, to me, I'll tell you the the guys. The reason why I'm like bigging this up so much yeah. is because it genuinely felt like the most productive day I've had here in six months. Right, like I got in here like mad early. We thought we like we had BYM super early one day, so like I got in here dumb early. Like started with doing my laundry, came back here, did notes, fucking went back, put it in the dryer, printed all the ads, went and got a shower, got changed in I my brought, fresh new clothes. I like, brought my laptop with me because I had something specific I wanted to get done while I was there, and I watched laundry dry. That's what I did. I could not like sit down. Work nah. Nah, I, I, everyone's different. Like, I need, uh, I don't know, people are good multitaskers. It's not me. I got to, like, one activity at a time and kind of get it done. I know it might sound crazy, but everyone, <laughs> everyone's different. You're very efficient. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> so one thing I noticed about laundromats, which drives me nuts, is that there's just something crazy about that the grossest place I'll ever go into is the place I'm cleaning my clothes. New York City yeah. laundry, they're disgusting. Pretty grimy. I mean, I walk, like, it bothers every part of my clean OCD, like, everything where I'm like, I, I okay, I think my clean my clothes will be clean, but I'm going to have a, an STD. That's right. what, like... I'll get staph infection. Yeah. 
And then also, why do they light them so well? It's like they do like the sanitary hospital lighting, but it's disgusting. Like, d- do bar lighting so that I don't have to see how <laughs> gross this place is. Uh, <laughs> and then just fucking... <laughs> have dive bar lighting so that I don't need to like see the tumbleweeds of other people's dust. By the way, I don't know about you, but if I drop a piece of clothing, that's it. Like, if I drop a sock, For real? floor is lava. That's that is wild. the end of the pair that's of socks. That's insane. If it's before the wash, I might still wash it, but I'm nope. saying after the wash, yep. after the dryer... Bro- in the That's dr- it. No, no, I'm so done with it. Coming I'm, out of the dryer? Are you kidding me? If I'm pulling shit out of the dryer and a flock a sock hits the floor, that is the end of that sock. So coming out of the dryer, I might agree with you. Coming out of the wash, I feel like I always drop like one or two things going from the wash to the cart before the dryer. Uh, I feel like in that process, that's fair because the dryer is going to get hot enough to kill whatever germs are on it. What do you do about this one? Okay. Because this one drives me nuts also. When you do like a giant load of clothing and then you, you start pulling it off and one piece of your clothing is just completely not wet out of the washer. Like somehow it just, it dodged all the water. It didn't want to get into the pool. And you're like, I guess I have this one shirt that's just not, you've never had that? Robbie, I can honestly say no, I've never had that. You've never had I've th- never overstuffed a washing machine enough that not all the clothes can be clean. That Be better at doing laundry. <laughs> You've never experienced no. yourself falling out and like no. there's one garment that somehow just dodged all the water through I've, the entire watch. You're literally the only person I've ever heard of experiencing this phenomenon. I thought that was gonna be like my Jerry Seinfeld golden joke where everyone's gonna be like, yeah, that does happen. No. <laughs> Robbie, normal people do small loads of laundry and that never happens. <laughs> Fucking maniac. <laughs> That's great. Alright, the other thing that was wild about <laughs> This laundromat was the, they offered free dries, right? But the free that there was their Tuesday to Friday promotion is free free dry. You don't have to. But now the dry doesn't cost any money. The washes were all the, the all the all the money's in the wash. No, I mean you spend you a dries quarter. a couple quarters. Your your no. wash will cost you ten bucks. Yeah, I mean your washes. No, your wash is like four fifty, and your dry is like still like two fifty three bucks. Like it's significant. We're, we're uh, the laundry mats we're going to are working with wholly it's different price quarter, schemes. Quarter for six minutes, yeah. right? I'm gonna need to leave it in there for about an hour, right? So you dry your shit for an hour? Yes. No wonder it's so tight on you. You're not even fat. <laughs> <laughs> you just over dried all your clothes. No, 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 no. I like shit coming out the dryer, like feeling like nah. Like, I do. Like I try. Lava. I'm the. I try and get it done in twenty. And then if it if it's not done in twenty, I'll push it to thirty. But it never needs to go more than thirty. This is wild. But here's the other thing: You're I just change, walking around in damp clothes. Now, I change my washer to dryer ratio, in that like you know, if if it's one load in the wash, then that becomes two loads for the dry. You split it up so it dries quicker. That's smart. And then you pull out the towels and like heavy sweatpants, which is your whole wardrobe now. Okay. And you got to dry those separately. That's why you're an hour. You're you're full sweatpants operation. I'm like t-shirts yep. and jeans. No, I do it all at once. Just throw everything in there. If it's colored, it goes in this one. If it's white, it goes in this one. If I'm feeling, if yeah. I'm feeling fancy. So I'm doing, I'm doing two months of uh, laundry. I mean, I'm doing a month's worth of laundry in this place, right? A lot of laundry going on, and it's free dries, but it will only go for like eight minutes at a time, and like half the doors are broken, so it's like whack-a-mole. You're like running around trying to keep a hand on one, press the button on the other <laughs> to get it all going. And uh, I've got a, I've got a fun. You've got bookie face. I got a fun gambling game here for you. Sure. I got a fun carnival game. You ready? Okay. It's trying to guess like what laundry is yours while it's twirling. Oh, that's fun. Way more fun than you think it is. 
because you like it goes pretty quick because you know you don't want to open up someone else's thing and then have them go nuts at you sure, sure, sure. for f- fucking around with their laundry and then like you're all you know you can never get like four that are right next to each other. You're all over the place. You're trying to figure out which ones were yours and just watching it twirl and like figuring out whether or not that's like, I don't know. There's something, there's a market to that. It is very fun. I do that often. I'll like just be standing at a dryer being like, is that my hoodie? (laughs) (laughs) Even if I know which dryer is mine, it's still kind of fun to do that. Like to pick out the individual piece of clothing, you know, you washed. All right. Well, I feel like we've done enough laundry talk, which means uh, we can get into the news. Unless if you had something else that you wanted to get off your mind about laundry, I don't want to keep you from, uh, from laundry talk. If you want more laundry talk, no, Robbie, I'll talk laundry all day. Robbie, we've been going for uh, 20 minutes here. Nobody wants to hear this much about laundry. We just did 20 minutes on laundry? Something like that. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Maybe we'll put that out as its own, as its own episode. No. 20 minutes of laundry talk. No, no, I'm no. I'm going to label it that. Uh, you do that. <laughs> just you No, just put it in the description. Hey, just to let you know, <laughs> top of the episode, 20 minutes of laundry talk. Skip to 2101 to get uh, the hard-hitting news. No, no, I'm going to put it out as its own. Uh, this is wild. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's going to be a new series called Rob uh, Deals with Errands, and uh, it'll be my experience with uh, scattered errands. Just this how, w- how you do. Like, yeah. All right, so like, like, I like, like, so we can just review this for a second. Like, okay. I like the method of breaking up the, the dryer into two different things, because you're while you're spending the same amount of money, you're cutting the time in half, right? So it's like for the, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like I'm spending $4 on drying, right? If it's not free dry day, uh, that means, um, you know, I'm either spending all $4 of this machine or two and two getting out of there in half time. Love that. Uh, doing laundry so poorly that you're not washing your items. That's like a neck. Like, so I, I feel like we do need to kind of rate how you're doing. You with only, these that errands. only happens with, uh, with one item. Can I just tell you one other thing that really disappointed me about this new laundromat? Sure. I had a stash of quarters, probably years worth of quarters because I always put my quarters in one bag and I usually keep that bag for doing laundry. But as sure, of late, sure. I've been paying for laundry. I went to this new laundromat. They ain't taking quarters. They don't. Card. It's a no cash operation. Cards only. Yeah. It's like the world's worst casino where you're getting like (laughs) chips, but for a fucking laundry machine. I was very disappointed by that. I was lugged all these quarters, excited to get rid of them, only to find out. And you know they fuck you with the card because you got to put in even dollar amounts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Um, all right, so let's get into the news. We extended the laundry talk. We said that we were done with it. And uh, did you watch any of Harvey Weinstein in court? Uh, no, I didn't know he went to court. Harvey Weinstein's in court. They're trying it. And uh, the first picture is he's got this picture of him, and he's like hovered over this walker. He's moving with it. And he just looks like a dude that's about to climb on top of you in bed. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, I did hear he did like uh, like almost like a Chevy Chase level like pratfall coming into the courtroom because he wants to... He way up that yeah yeah like he's too disabled to go to jail. It's you know such I mean? a weird strategy that getting ugly for court. Zimmerman did it. He got like all fat so that he would look like a person that couldn't have fought um the kid. Sure. Uh, fucking Cosby. Did Cosby get real brittle for court? Yeah, I, I think mean, he was just brittle. Well, yeah, I mean Cosby's, all those years Cosby's even putting like... and raping women. <laughs> How much energy are you gonna have? Cosby's uh Cosby's essentially dying. Like, I think I think the raping was keeping him young, uh, <laughs> and now that that's been taken I, away from him, I was wondering maybe that's why these people are so into rape and pedophilia. It's like some vampire shit. It keeps you youthful. I mean, unless you, uh, the, that argument falls apart when you get to Bill Clinton and he looks like he's had like the soul sucked out of him <laughs> 20 years ago and he's just a rotting husk that's still walking around. Maybe. Dude, look at how sickly Bill Clinton looks. 
It's rough. Does he look that sickly now? I, I don't know that I've seen him that recently. I mean, but he's also living with Hillary, so that kind of balances out. That's you know, fair. that's fair. She yeah, is it's like yeah, just sucking the lifeblood out of him every night. Yeah, I think she pegs she pegs everything that he takes out of all those kids when he rapes them. You know what I mean? Like you absorb their energy, and then Hillary pegs him in the asshole, and then takes that energy. Ah, that's what it and is. So it's like a transfer. <laughs> it's a conduit, and all the youth is going to her. But she's such a devilish, ugly person. It only knew like you would only imagine what she look like if she wasn't pegging Bill in the ass and he wasn't raping all those kids. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Young Hillary Rodham saw not her for, bad. The, saw her not for the first bad. time this week, dude. Kind of not not only not bad, but then you start looking at old Hillary and you're like, maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah, I can still see the hot one now. M- maybe I can work with that. Dude, so I legit I looked at her and I think I think you'll get this reference. With but those I, big glasses. I saw that, that little nerdy look from the from the Hulu show. From yes. the trailer for the Hulu show. I saw that immediately one person came to mind, female New York City community. I don't know who. Definitely someone you and I have had a conversation about before. I said it on Robbie Bernstein's. I'm um, sorry, uh, Robbie Goodwin's podcast. I did it with uh, him and Chris from PK, and he played the the trailer. And I'm like, oh shit, dude! They got Jessica Fleischer to play young Hillary Clinton. I don't even. <laughs> and like, I don't even know who that is. You definitely know who Jessica Fleischer. Is. I'll take a word for it. Um, sounds like a Jew broad. Very Jew. Uh, that's why I was like, I was looking at Hillary Clinton. I'm like, how is she not Jewish? <laughs> that's like the first thought that came to mind with that. Maybe she is. Who knows? Um, but so I was thinking that too. Either he's playing up, which I think he is. He's playing up like how brittle he is. Sure. In which case, I mean, this guy, what an actor. No wonder he got into this industry. No wonder he was such a piece of shit to people. He was the best actor of everyone. Dude, if he was if he was better looking, he could have cast himself as a leading man he- and raped himself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of the two. Either it's Hollywood's best kept beauty secret is uh, pedophilia and rape, or this man is a hell of an actor. Um, now, I was reading some of these stories of the people reporting on him, and the first was that caught my eye was one of the incidents was at a Doubletree Hotel. And if I'm going to be raped by Harvey Epp, it better be a nice place. Yeah, dude, you're going to go get raped at the La Quinta Inn? What yeah, the what fuck the is fuck is that? You? How does that even happen to you? I thought you were meeting up with this guy at, like, the Glamorous Hotels. He's ordering in room service. Dog, I feel like as soon as you hear you're going to the Doubletree, it's like, dog, I must be getting raped. Like, <laughs> the only reason Harvey Weinstein would be staying in the Doubletree is if he planned on raping. Right, he's not taking a meeting with me at the Doubletree Hotel. No. He would take the meeting with me in a nice the place palms, to be yeah, seen in like, a nice place. This sure. is like... Now, the other thing is, when I had heard one of the funniest stories with Harvey Weinstein was he jerked off on a plant. Yeah. He went into the kitchen, some lady wouldn't have sex with him, he rubbed one out quickly on a plant, and he went on with his day. Horny motherfucker. Well, that's what I was most impressed with, is how is this guy, this fat slob, just getting erections like this, that he's got to pop a load on a fucking plant? So, actually, it's I do know the backstory to this. I do as well, but you go for it. He's not getting erections like no, that. No, fucking caverject. He's injecting his penis with $1,000 shots. Yeah. And it costs a thousand, I think... You can do your own research. I think there are thousand dollars a pop where he's got to inject it into his own penis, which now I'm somewhat understanding why once he got people back to his hotel room, he was as aggressive as he was. <laughs> because I dropped the G on this. Let me just tell you, I've gotten, I've been alone with women in their apartment when you strike out, and it's awkward. 
Now, you know what's way more awkward? When you just took a blue chew because you were that sure you were getting it done. <laughs> Nothing is worse than being back at your, even worse, it's your own place. Someone comes back to your place. You take the blue chew, you go to your room and nothing happens. Let me tell you, that's not a good feeling. Especially since blue chew is free. <laughs> <laughs> so I can only imagine what it's like to go to the bathroom, keverject your own, inject your own dick so it's ready to go and then find out that someone's not interested. I mean, they they will become interested. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You spent a thousand dollars on that shop plus two forty on a double right. tree. It's like this is an expensive night. I also now understand walking out with your robe open. <laughs> you're in, look at like th- this is a steroid enhanced penis. Someone's right. got to someone's going to have to look at this. There are PEDs involved. So okay, now I just thought, okay, dude, I'm yeah, uh, just processing that for a second though. Just thinking about that, how much fucking scar tissue from injection oh sites must God. there be on his fucking gross dick? Ugh. Like, right. how gross must his dick look? So I decided to Google um, because I was wondering just how much work goes into one of these injections. Ugh. Wash your hands with soap and water. I, I'm going to quit out eventually when it becomes not funny, but you wouldn't believe how many instructions are here. Set the bottle on a clean surface. Wipe the top of the injection bottles with an alcohol swab. Do not wipe the needle. Throw away the alcohol swab. You may need to attach the needle to the syringe. Do not take the cap off yet. If the syringe already contains the something water for injection, then you need only to add the plunger to the syringe. To do this, pick up the rod-like plunger and place it within the barrel of the syringe until it touches the rubber piece. Gently screw the plunger into the rubber piece hold the syringe by the barrel can you imagine being in a bathroom trying to get an erection and reading these Ikea instructions no because I feel like here's the thing first and foremost I'm convinced his assistant was the one who was doing that's it for him that's the craziest fucking part you are ahead of this story dog and your fucking autistic jeopardy brain <laughs> when it comes to raping women you already know how it works before <laughs> reading the story just say I'm good at putting myself in scumbag shoes <laughs> so that is the most incredible part of the story. I said all the way back, listen, Harvey Weinstein seems like a scumbag. I'm not out there. I, I'm not going to defend the guy. I'm not defending the guy. It's not cool. But you got to exist in some sort of a culture where a lot of people are participating in this, that you're going this far. It means that there are a lot of actresses who maybe even at the beginning of your career even propositioned you for, hey, I'll blow you if you get me into this thing where you start. Th- like, it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg. Maybe he started with the hey, but people were complicit in this. And I even said, I remember when this first happened, I was like, what about all the women that were surrounding him? I bet that it was a female secretary who was scheduling these appointments with other women. And I... She was in charge of maintaining his stash, putting it into his thing. But then here's the craziest part about this story. And by the way, I've said this a bunch of times on the show. One of the evils of the world is that everyone's just doing their job. She's a part of the suit in suing him for like sexual harassment. Um, but what's wild about her sexual harassment claim, and yes, he said inappropriate comments to her, and yes, having to work with a boss who, um, will make you come into the office to clean up jizz stains should not be a part of working, but also being the person that managed the calendar of women that your boss is going to sleep with, and also making sure that he has the shots available so that he can actually get erections, kind of does make you a part of the racket. Dude, especially, I just want to process this for one second. Uh, how fucking good was Roger Ailes' secretary? Dog, oh, she yeah. went down with the ship. Yeah. Never said a fucking word to anyone. This fucking woman knew what she was doing for 20-something years, and now she wants a piece of the pie, too? I guess so. That's fucking bananas. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta make your picks here. 
That's you're so on, crazy. You're, but th- th- it's crazier to me to show up in court and complain while you were playing for Team Evil. That's what you I'm were, saying. Like you bought it. Listen. I've said it. I'm not faulting you. One of the evils of the world is that everyone's always just doing their job. Everyone. No one ever wants to fight the system, which is why we need to create better systems. We need to figure out better incentive structures because every the people who put Jews on train that we're going to go to, hey, I'm just the guy who puts Jews on trains. Everyone who's at war, we've spoken to soldiers on the show. Hey, man, I was doing a job. Everyone in the world feels that way, and they, like, you go to school, or it fucking shrinks. They go to school, they think they're going to help people out, they end up with this folder called the DSIM, and they sit there and they medicate you because the drug companies lobby for certain standards on what they're going to medicate you on. Hey, man, I'm doing my job. Accountants, you think, hey, I'm going to be this noble fucking accountant, but then guess what? You're within the structure where all of a sudden you're working at uh, KPMG, and KPMG's got to audit a client, but the client pays KPMG, so you got to look the other way on some. Hey, man, I'm just doing my job. Everyone's just fucking doing their job that's like one of the evils it's like how do you figure out the incentive structures where you know people aren't like everyone's not in these roles where they're just kind of proliferating evil and shit but it's like you were there you had the job i'm sure it paid better than other secretary jobs or for some reason you were interested in living this hollywood lifestyle i'm sure you got to go with him to these interesting parties but then to be I I don't even think she's there to like give testimony and go, hey, I apologize that I was a part of this and here's the evil that was going on. I think she's trying to be like, hey, I'm one of the women who uh, who got fucked over by this guy. Yeah. Give me my piece. Give me my fucking crazy. That's wild. Dude, Uh, like if 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 Gas Digital ever got taken down for the horrendous things that we do here, eh, you don't think I'd be showing up in court being like, and Lewis hit me. It's like, (laughs) no, dude, I was on the team. No, no, I'm going to be Lewis hit me. (laughs) Lewis threatened me. I have the messages when he said he was going to murder me. I kept those as evidence. I was never complicit in any of these. He uh, repeatedly withheld wages and was very violent, and I was afraid. And Ralph's a very tall man. I'm a short man. Ralph's a very tall man. I felt threatened every day that I worked here. (laughs) These hoes ain't loyal. (laughs) 